With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, this is Tony Cotty, and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West End podcast, and this week's episode is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk, where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win a London Stadium sign, signed by none other than our European captain, Declan Rice. Tickets are just £3.95 each, and just 65 will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Friday, and the winner is drawn an hour later, live on the Football Prizes Facebook page. There's been some fantastic signed pieces from Paolo Di Canio, Declan Rice, Vladimir Soufal, and Saeed Benrahma up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. There was no need for me to write a script to my introduction this week. We said last week it would be a historic roller coaster seven days between podcasts, and it was certainly that. Every single West Ham fan on the planet is not likely to forget either of those matches for a very, very long time. I have certainly been through the ringer. But I'll be honest, regardless of the Man United result, I have loved every single minute of it. Well, say almost every minute of it. Delighted to say as well this week that the gang are back together after Jonesy shot down to Devon last week with his family. So there's uh, no more two-man podcast for you guys at home. It's me, Reese Bayliss and James Jones back after what was an absolutely mind-blowing week for West Ham United. James, brilliant to have you back, mate. Um, I hope you're you're both doing well. How are you? How's your holiday? How's things? Fine, thanks, mate. It's good to be back. Uh, I will point out that it wasn't a holiday. Um, Holidays with toddlers don't exist. Um, (laughs) It was more of a a break from work. Um, But yeah, it was was nice to get away. Come back more stressed than you went. Yeah, I mean, just spent the entire week just completely and utterly, like, at the end of my tether. 
But um, <laughs> it was fun all the same. Um, it was good to good to get Harrison out, took him to the farm, took him to the beach a couple of times. So yeah, it was it was very nice. And to top it off, managed to managed to catch West Ham winning Europe, which is great. <laughs> yeah. um, so first of all, Reese, I'll obviously say hello to you in a minute, mate. Jonesy, uh, you're in Devon. Uh, you're on the beach and you had jeans on. Now, I did text you about it immediately as soon as it went up on your Instagram story. Uh, just for anyone at home who follows you on, on Instagram, um, you know, as well as the We Are West Ham podcast, just sort of talk us through that decision because I was a little bit disturbed by it. You have given me a reaction, uh, sorry, uh, an explanation, but I'm not sure I'm convinced. Well, there's a, there's a couple of reasons behind it. Um, and I don't want to bore everyone to sleep like everyone accuses me of doing, but um, I will explain my, my actions. Um, so so firstly, I'm, I'm, I'm a big advocate of the, the jeans and flip-flops look. Big, big fan of that. Yeah, big, yeah. I'm not, I'm not dead against that, but yeah. Um, to, to, and every day while we were down there, we checked the weather forecast in the morning just to see what, you know, what can we get up to. And every day it predicted rain at some point. Um, and so I didn't really want to go out in, in my shorts and then get caught in the rain, um, naturally. So I didn't wear shorts. Um, and weirdly enough, it didn't rain at all while we were down there, which is a little bit strange. And lastly, my legs are so white, I would have blinded <laughs> half of Devon. Um, you know, the poor poor beach goers on Ex- Exmouth Beach would have been absolutely livid with me. So um, I thought oh, no, I'd spare people the, 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 the pasty pins mm. and um, just, just keep them covered up a little bit. Yeah, fair enough, mate. I mean, unfortunately, I know it was your target then not to bore the listeners to tears, as is rapidly becoming your reputation. I can't speak for everyone, but I, I fear that you may have done. But it's great to have you back. <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> great, yeah, great, to, great to have you back, nonetheless, Jonesy. Reese, um, I've seen you in some very extravagant outfits uh, on beaches. I know your your phrase when it comes to clothes, especially when on holidays, less is more. Yeah. Um, how have you been this week? We had a nice little night out, didn't we? Friday night at the West Ham Legends evening. So it's good to catch up and have a few pints in. But uh, yeah, how have you been? Yeah, good, mate. Thank you. Good week for the club. Um, yeah, thoroughly enjoyed it. Thoroughly enjoyed it. And as you say, we had a good night out Friday. So meeting a few of the old boys, um, listening to their stories. That was a cracking night, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, obviously, we'll get into a bit more detail later. We've covered why James's uh, James's beach attire already. Uh, you've managed to make an enemy of of David Cross, a, a striker whose nickname was Psycho. Probably not a man that people people would like to get on the wrong side of. And and you somehow managed to upset him Friday, didn't you? Yeah, don't really know uh, what I'd done, but when I got into the conversation, his first words were. At least I'm uh, not going to be the ugliest person in this conversation, just as I walked in. So that was good stuff. Uh, he's an absolute top man, mate. Absolutely yeah. top. Yeah, it was, a, uh, it was a brilliant one. I don't know if anyone listening was at the event on Friday night at uh, Hilton at London Bridge. A uh, load of X is the, the West Ham goalkeepers event. It was Jimmy Walker, Phil Parks, Tom Calesso and a few of the old boys. Um, outfield players as well. Uh, David Cross was there, Pat Holland, Tony Carr was there. Just, uh, yeah, so real, real good names and good legendary blokes. Alvin Martin, we had a coffee with him before and didn't we, Reese got a bent his ear on a few things. It was all... Very nice indeed. So, yeah, if you were down there, I'm sure you felt exactly the same as, as me and Reese did. All very nice indeed. Lads, um, obviously now we've got uh, the mind you shy out the way of what James Ware said at the beach and how come Reese is upsetting legendary West Ham strikers. I suppose we better talk a little bit about football. As always, we'll go into it in a little more 
a bit more detail further on in the show. But Josie, I mean, it's not the sort of it's not the sort of thing you can answer briefly, I suppose. But but do your best before we go into it in more detail. I mean, we're recording this Monday night, just uh, sort of barely twenty four hours, just over twenty four hours after the end of that Man United game. Just just sum it up briefly, if you if you can, how you're feeling sort of after the game and and in the twenty four hours since. It's been it's been. I think you mentioned it in your your opening um, opening speech. Is that it's just a bit bit of an emotional roller coaster all the way through um, from the 89th minute. Well, I say the eight, what the, the 80th minute when Lingard came on to the 96th minute when the referee blew the final whistle and then sitting here now and still just racking my head around that decision from David Moyes to bring Noble on. I know we're going to get into it in more detail, but I'm still, after what happened in the summer with England in the final, I, when did he ever think that was going to be a good idea? But mm. at the same time, I'm over it almost. Like I'm over the result, I think, because... Yep. I saw everything in that game and in that performance to suggest that we're going to, we are prepared and we will um, challenge at the right end of the table this season. I know there are a few, few might be a few fans out there thinking we might kind of slip back into a bit of mid-table um, obscurity with Europe to deal with and all the rest of it. But I saw enough yesterday to suggest that we're good enough to beat teams like Man United um, easily. Um, so yeah, it won our day. Bad decision cost us a point, but we move on. We've got bigger, bigger fish to fry on well, we've got the same fish to fry on Wednesday, and I'm you know, <laughs> yeah. up for it. Um, but bigger fish to fry in Europe and, and leads at the weekend, so yeah, yeah. I mean, we just yeah, we take it on the chin and move on, don't we? <laughs> I like that, mate. Yeah, we've got the exact same fish to fry. That's not a phrase that's going to catch on, is it? No, <laughs> yeah, um, really, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to hear that from you, Jonesy. I think I, I was pretty much the same. Uh, you know, my dad is normally a pretty optimistic bloke, having a pint with him afterwards in uh in Stratford and he was like, oh, I haven't felt like this after a game for so long. Yeah, I was man- able to sort of sort of think bigger picture straight away, really. Just like we gave him a game. I'd much rather be standing here gutted that all but for one kick, we, we've we just about lost by the odd goal to a team everyone's saying are going to be challenging for the title. How many seasons have we had, even at London Stadium just before, we've like been slapped 4-0 and you don't even think you'll beat like Leeds or Burnley or West Brom or whatever the week afterwards. You know, we were just mm. unlucky in a game there. Phenomenal. That was an absolutely phenomenal performance, I thought. Um, you're right, we'll get into all the, the nitty-gritty later with the decision from Moyes. Uh, some of the penalty stuff, Cristiano Ronaldo and his diving and his goal. Apparently Sky gave him man of the match, for God's sake. But Reese, um, just quickly from you before we move on, sort of, uh, yeah, same question really. What, what were your... Have you sort of recovered? I still feel like I'm. I haven't really let out the last deep breath from the game or from our week, really. No, it's, I mean it's frustrating um, because of what happened. But uh, we spoke about it last week, and I think uh, the main focus for me was winning Thursday night. Um, yeah, we could have got beat three or four nil yesterday, and you know everyone would have still been. I certainly would have been more happy with winning Thursday, but when it got that close, it was just, I don't know. I don't know. I was just sitting there watching it on my own. I didn't go to the game and I was just head in hands at the end of it. <laughs> you know, what's going on? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It, it doesn't was, sound. A, sorry, mate. If there was ever a West Ham way of doing something to end the game, that's how you do it. Yeah, definitely. I know. 
it's almost like Lingard coming on and scoring was like, ah, oh, typical West Ham. And it's like, yeah, there you go. There's the heartbreak at the end of the game. And it's like, oh, no, not double. It's like, I'm used to one. <laughs> I can I can get on board with one. Don't do it to me again. Jesus yeah. Christ. Yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, I totally agree. Mate. Look, I look forward to, to having a chat about that game and more. Dinamo's a greb, of course. I still think it was a phenomenal week for me. I think West Ham have played in their first ever Europa League Group stage game. We're top of the group with one away from home in Europe. I mean, what a week that is. The game on Sunday was absolutely brilliant. Entertain- I was entertained for the entire time from beginning to end. Proud of every single one of the players. Um, yeah, I, I, and I just still feel really positive ultimately. Same as what you said there, Reese. Um, yeah, we said last week if we could have picked which game to win, we'd have picked as a Greb game. So uh, we've done that. It's brilliant. It's been a, a two-game week last week, of course. It's another two-game week this week to look ahead to. Manchester United again on Wednesday before Leeds uh, on the weekend. It's exciting stuff at West Ham at the moment. It's exciting stuff on the We Are West Ham podcast. Don't forget, we'll do a little bit of housekeeping before we get into the main podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at We Are underscore West Ham. We're on Instagram at We Are West Ham pod. Uh, on Facebook, you can search for us, We Are West Ham podcast. It's the same on YouTube if you want to watch the show and the little clips um, and the little segments that Jonesy so professionally puts up after the show. And of course, you can email us at We Are West Ham pod at gmail.com if you just want to share any of your thoughts with us the links to all of the ways that you can follow and interact and contact we are west ham included in the description to this podcast if you want to go straight there don't forget as well you can buy us a beer and support the podcast and me and the lads at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham really appreciate those of you who've done it so far and if you fancy chipping in it goes as low as a fiver and obviously as much as you like um, you can you can head on over there if you so fancy. Coming up on the show tonight, we've got reaction to that Manchester United game. Absolute roller coaster ride throughout, but a stunning performance from most of the players in Claret and Blue. Uh, reaction to the Dinamo Zagreb game, West Ham making history in Croatia on last Thursday night. We'll have the Betway charity bets and I've got some very exciting news as far as that goes, some scintillating stuff on the charity bets and, uh, yeah, some good news to to bring you all in that section. We'll, of course, look ahead to Wednesday night's League Cup game away to Manchester United at Old Trafford to see if we can get immediate revenge. We'll have an opposition view with Kieran Ben, the sports journalist from the Sun and Big Leeds United fan. No West Ham women's section this week as the girls did not have a game. And then we will say goodbye for another week. Absolutely loads to cover. You'll have to forgive me. As you can probably hear already, my voice is still feeling a little bit croaky from Sunday afternoon. Atmosphere brilliant at London Stadium and I was getting right into it, just like the other 60,000 people were. Apart from the couple of Man United fans around me who I saw get a little friendly whack on their way out as the stewards led them out of the ground midway through. We've got loads to come on the show this week. Thanks for being with us once again. New listeners and old. Stay with us because it's Man United reaction next. I don't know where to start, really, boys. I mean, so much to talk about within one game. I've done my usual format, the positives, negatives and the talking point. But it is only one place to start, 
really. Of course, as I've mentioned already, you thought Jesse Lingard coming on to score. You thought, yeah, yeah, of course, that's obviously going to happen. Typical West Ham, blah, blah, blah. But even I didn't. And the most pessimistic or uh, argent long-term, long-suffering West Ham fans surely couldn't have seen what happened with Mark Noble at the end for any of you bizarrely who haven't seen the game or didn't know what happened uh, West Ham one all in the game side Ben Rama's deflected effort puts us one new up Cristiano Ronaldo equalises game's coming into the closing stages Jesse Lingard comes off the bench he got a very good reception from the home fans and rightfully so but I think there was quite a few in the ground me included whose head went immediately into hands and thought oh well the script is already written you know what's going to happen here well played Jesse good goal good win Man United Uh, nice one that of course happened he spends one in the top right corner and then out of nowhere Cross comes in from the wide position, Jared Bowen, Luke Shaw's and inexplicably, his hand, excuse me, inexplicably up in the air, hits him in the arm, blatant penalty, goes to VAR, rightfully so, pen given. David Moyes decides, as Declan Rice and Manuel Lanzini are arguing over who's going to take it, he decides he's going to haul off Jared Bowen, put on Mark Noble, penalty specialist, captain extraordinaire, to take the game, fairy tale finish, and we get a point at home to Man United. And he puts it nice and easy height to David De Gea's left. David De Gea, who I believe hasn't saved the penalty in his last 39. I haven't checked that stat, but I will double check as this section goes on. And uh, the whole stadium are just absolutely devastated. And shortly after, Martin Atkinson, one of the worst Premier League referees I've seen at London Stadium for a long, long time, blows his final whistle. And West Ham have lost 2-1. We can only start with that decision, uh, David Moyes' decision to bring Mark Noble on. Josie, I'll go to you first, mate. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, mean, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's one of those decisions where, in hindsight, it's it's the worst decision a Premier League manager's made in a moment like that. Um what annoys me is that had he not done that, no one, and so like Deck and Rice had taken it and he'd missed, no one would have gone, oh, he should have brought Noble on because Noble would have scored it. No one would have batted an eyelid. Well, a couple, um, the people who would, you'd be going, shut up, you idiot. Yeah, like, why like, would you put him on to take yeah, a penalty? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but the moment he come running on, like I said to my mate, I was like, this is going to end badly. Because yeah. you look back at, it was only a few months ago that we were criticising Southgate for doing the exact same thing ahead of a penalty shootout in the European Championship final, yeah. which backfired. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's like looking at it now, I just think what a stupid thing to do. Just really, really stupid thing to do. Um, but, yeah, as I said in the intro, it hurts for a little bit, but then you kind of just go, well, to be fair, they probably should have had at least one penalty earlier on in the game. I know Ronaldo had three yeah. calls. He died for, definitely died for two of them. Um, we'll get onto that, but yeah, it's, it's just one of those things where you go, right, well, that was a bit stupid, but we're West Ham, we, there's always something stupid, doesn't matter how great things are at the football club, there's always something ridiculous that happens, and I think this is the one. I agree, mate, and I think ultimately, what it boils down to, Moisey and Mark Noble have got more than enough credit in the bank with West Ham fans at the moment. Absolutely. Into that little bit. It is a bad decision, Uh you can't blame Noble, really, I don't think. Nah. He, uh, Moisey said after the game that he, said, he asked and said he was ready. It's awkward that he's not going to say no, is he? 
really. Well, I mean, maybe he would. Maybe as a captain, it's it's important to say no as well as yes. Maybe it's a bit of an outdated view of mine that the captain's always going to go, yeah, yeah, I'm ready, Gaffer, because he sort of thinks it's what Moyes wants to tell him. Um, one thing I will say is, uh, you know, to give David Moyes his due, I think it seemed to me, because I was at first watching... Lanzini and Rice, there seemed to be a little bit of confusion. So I don't know this for certain, but I surmised, I'd hypothesised by the end, that perhaps Ben Rama was down to take this one. And because he'd come off, there was then some indecision about whether Lanzini or Rice would take it. And Moyes thought, no, I'm the manager. I need to stamp my authority on this, remove any confusion and lead from the front. That could have looked like shouting, Declan, it's yours. But, I, you know, again, it is a, it is a bad decision. I don't agree with it. And I'll important to note I would have said that even if Noble had scored I'd have gone what are you doing tempting fate like that I don't care what a fairy tale it is that was no good for my heart rate I think this is a problem we've got now though is that we need to have a a, a list of allocated penalty takers in order that everyone knows that the players know because it doesn't seem like the players know now I think when Antonio missed at Newcastle because Deccan Rice came out and said, oh, it's my, it's my go next. Yeah, but yeah. Deccan Rice scored one and missed one last season. Um, I think Lingard took two, scored one and missed one last season. So we haven't got like a, a proper penalty taker anymore because, you know, Noble's not going to start every game, um, as we know. So they've got to nail that down, you know. And if they pick one and he misses three or four on a trot, then he might go, okay, right, We'll switch it around. But if you pick one, then he misses two and then goes and scores the next one, then you, you, you've got to keep that. It has to be consistent. Otherwise, you're never mm. going to, you're always going to get a penalty and not know whether you're going to score it or not, where you need that confidence behind you when you get a spot kick. Mm. Don't you think, though, Reese? Uh, I mean, get your thoughts properly in a minute, mate. But don't you think that with what Jonesy said there, isn't that what Moisey was trying to? like negate he was trying to take away any confusion and go no I'm the manager I'm going to stamp my authority on this situation and I'm going to put my penalty specialist on the pitch and he and fair play to him he he took the flack afterwards didn't he yeah I think that's the only the only way that there will be any sort of you know the, the conversation's closed on it now he's come out and said that it was his decision um and you know we've all got to accept it. I mean, it was, in my opinion, it was an absolute bonkers idea. Mm. Um, you know, touching on what you've both said, we we knew Antonio obviously weren't playing this week, so surely they must have had a chat about who was going to take penalties. Mm. Um, and in all of it, I mean, fair play to Noble. I'd be the same. You know, it's his last season. If he'd scored it, yeah, I think you're right. Everyone would have been well happy, but there still would have been that bit of like. Blimey, that was a bit lucky. But, yeah, you know, I do feel a bit for Rice as well if he wanted to take it because, you know, he's captain. I'm not saying mm. that he's not putting trust in him, Moisey, because he had to make the decision on the spot. But, you know, we can't be doing that every game um, mm. that we get penalties. Who's unsure? You know, we train, practice penalties. You know, we've got a lot of people that are happy to take a free kick from 40 yards out, Cresswell. And Cress, like, Cresswell, yeah. Everyone forgets him, don't you know, they? You know, he's, he's the best a, striker of the ball, isn't he? Especially as I backed him to score, obviously. So I would have said, <laughs> uh, I would have said to him to take it. But, you know, it, it, they're the little things that you also think to yourself, like, why, why are we doing it? Like, why why do we just not go, right, he's taking the pen. Um, you know, Bowen, anyone. We've got a lot of people that can take 
take sort of good... I mean, some of them might not fancy it. You see that in European tournaments, World Cup tournaments. Um, you know, with goalkeepers, yeah, it might be a different story, but certainly not bringing on a player who... You know, he's probably one of the most confident players in the world, Mark Noble, but it must have been in the back of his head, what happens if I miss it? He mm, must have yeah. known it was going to be like the last kick of the game. So, yeah. but he's professional and, you know, that's why I think Moisey sort of squashed it and we move on. Yeah, you're right, mate. Definitely. And again, none of us have sort of slaughtered him here. You can say he's made a bad decision and I think we're all in the same boat there. It just... Uh, and I think that's the difference. People go, oh, it's easy to say that afterwards. It's like, no, nah, even if he'd have scored, guarantee I'd have gone, what the hell have you done that for? Like, mm. I, you know, everyone, just Noble's like freezing cold off the bench. The Euros is such a good example of that, Jonesy. I just think when your body temperature's up and you're a bit sweaty and you're into it already and your muscles are warm and your adrenaline's pumping, maybe, I, I don't know, you've just got to feel for people. <laughs> yeah. People are going, oh, what do you mean to get a feel for the ball? He's taken 39 or scored 39 penalties. He knows what a ball feels like. It's like, well, it's mindset, like, well, isn't it? It's mindset. Yeah. If you just played, if you, even if you come on 10 minutes earlier, you're in that mindset of playing a football match. Mm. Um, and that mindset then sort of carries itself over to taking a, a high pressure penalty. When you're mm. coming straight off the bench, knowing it's your last kick of the game and you know, you got to score, you're not in that, that mindset yet you've got like 30 mm. seconds to prepare where if you've been playing for five ten minutes before you're already a little bit sort of in the zone a little bit and i, I just don't mm. think he was in the zone for it no i, left, I, was, I was fully expecting him to come on with his sliders and socks <laughs> <laughs> but also i think you know if he's running on he's obviously going for his where he's going to put it why didn't just lever it either down the middle you know, ah, that's, that's what i was screaming for not, what he should you know, have done he should Fair have just, as he was running on, he should have just carried that on as he's run out. Yeah. yeah. Just, <laughs> just run from the side. And just... then run straight off. <laughs> yeah. And then um, just done one of these ones. Yeah. Sub, you know, sub, sub, Moisey, sub. That's another, you know, that's another thing that surely you would take that focus away from, oh, am I going to put it left or am I going to put it right? He might have thought that when he was going on, I'm just going to put it to his right. But for me, he should have just gone straight on if he's taken it, just blasted it. What happens then happens then. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, yeah, it just it just felt like too much as soon as it happened. But hey, I mean, look, whatever. No one's going to slag either of them off. I just hope now that, and there's no way at training this week, like number one thing, Moisey have sat down, wouldn't he? Probably Sunday night or Monday morning, got everyone in. Right, lads, you know, my bad. Hands up. Well played on... Sunday, uh, before we talk about Wednesday or the game, item one, while you're eating your breakfast, <laughs> I want, uh, or first meeting after breakfast, i got a list here. This is the list of penalty takers at West Ham. Number one is Mark Noble if he's on the pitch. Number two is Declan Rice. Number three is Saeed Benrahma. Uh, four nails, Cressel. That's our five, all right? So remember that. I don't want to see any arguing, no faffing about. This is the five. Unless one is injured, this is what we're doing from now on. And uh, yeah, I hope it takes the the confusion out of it a bit. Um, but hey, one of those things. One of those things. You so uh, two uh, penalties on Wednesday night, mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just Noble's taking all of them. Yeah. No one's going to want to take one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuart Pearce come off the bench. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Um, right, so next of all, then I suppose is of course the the Jesse Lingard goal, which which seemed like you know it's just forgotten about basically already, but that ultimately was was the winner. It was a scorcher of a goal. Um, in the build up, there was a little bit of confusion before. I haven't seen it back because of, yeah, just usual stuff. I just couldn't bring myself to watch a match of the day um, and watch the game back. But there seemed a bit of confusion. Reese, you'll probably be able to shed a little bit more light on this. Or Jonesy, I think it was down your end of the stadium as well. A little bit of hesitation, it seemed, I believe, between Zuma and Fabianski, where I felt Fabianski should have just come for it. And then about two or three passes later in the same passage of play, Lingard's bending it into the top right corner. Um, Yeah, what was Reese? What what can you sort of, am I right in thinking that from where I was sat? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of happening quite a bit in the last sort of five minutes. It was a bit hesitant, but Lingard got into that pocket like he did quite a few times for us last season where in between the right back and the centre half. Um, and you, as soon as he got the ball, you could see what he was trying to do. Fair play to Zuma to, you know, I've read some people saying he should have shut him down quicker, but in fairness to Lingard, he moves his feet quick. Um, and if you're going to get a goal like that, then, you know, he's going to be straight in the top corner. It's not a, not a tap in. So you can't do a lot about goals like that, in my no. opinion. No. I always say that though is I I don't never ever really care if someone scores a good goal against us. You think fair enough? Like if you give it to them or line it up, if someone pings one in the top corner, ultimately you just got to go. Yeah, good goal. You can't. I, I did. I honestly was annoyed with Fabianski in the build-up. I think that's that stage of the game. All the players are leggy. That's when the keeper is worth his money, isn't it? Like you mm-hmm. come out and start dominate things, kill the game, slow it down. There was a couple. During the game as well, a bit earlier, I thought, you know, he looked a bit hesitant. And there was one that was like a cross coming from the right. And it was like in his six-yard box. And I don't know who it was. might have been Fowles there, like spooning it out from the six-yard box. Like, come on, son, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, Josie, I, I saw you tweet just saying Lingard was forced into celebrating. Um it kind of sort of looked like that ish at first. I thought he was just going to do one of these ones, like no, 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 and then all of a sudden he was like rapping the way fans, <laughs> getting involved. What did you make of that? No, I mean, I, I, I was interested to see whether as soon as the goal went in, I was interested to see whether he would celebrate. And um, very quickly, Bruno Fernandez and Ronaldo were basically grabbing him by the shirt and showing him towards the United fans. And if you watch the replay back. Like, he wanted no part of that celebration. He did not want to disrespect the fans, especially after the reception we gave him. I don't think mm. I can't remember the last time we gave a returning player that kind of reception. Um, yeah, like Carlos, or probably wasn't it, Carlos Tevez? Maybe, yeah. Um, so he's had a great reception. He scored the winner, and um, fair. I mean, no one would have batted an eyelid if he had celebrated. Anyone would have gone fair play. Like he's he's scored especially for after a, the Champions League game where he, yeah like, he's he scored for his. Game. Yeah, exactly. And like he scored for his boy club a year after being frozen out. Um, yeah, it happened to be against a team that kind of revived his career. But um, you know, that's why he didn't sign for us in the summer is because he wanted to stay at Man United and fight for his place. And um, so no one, I don't think anyone would have begrudged him celebrating. But if you if you do watch it back, he wanted no part of it. Yeah, actually, he did not want to be involved in that at all. But mm. um, yeah, like fair play to him. 
I'm happy for him. Like I want him to. See, I want to see him do well. I thought he was superb for us last year, as everyone knows. And I only want him. To, I only want the best for the man. So, if that's for Man United and not West Ham, then fair play. Um, it's just, just a shame that he had to score score that goal in the way that he did and the fashion mm-hmm. that he did. But yeah, like, it's what it is, really, isn't it? Could have done that against young boys and knocked one through to Vlasic for us, couldn't he? Just well, I mean, it would have been nice. It would have been nice, but you know, as it as he put in his um, Instagram story, um, his Instagram is like, "Well, that's football in it." So, yeah, I suppose he's right in it. Yeah, yeah, and I did sort of on one hand. If that was any other game, I'd have been delighted he'd scored like after that because you know he's sort of a lot of pressure on him. He must have felt pretty awful after that young boys game. So one thing I've sort of seen, and I'm very much of the view that that in case anyone you know is in two minds about Lingard wanting to come home, as some fans were singing and all that sort of stuff. For me, I was like, right, forget about him now. I don't want to hear too much more like waxing lyrical. Oh, I miss him, miss him. Like he enjoyed that. And again, it's for Man United. He wants to play for Man United. Like let's not lower ourselves to that. Let's have our own standards and go, right, if you don't want to play for us. And we got Saeed Benrahma, who to be honest is, is playing, you know, there'll be, you'll be argued, but he's, he's there or thereabouts as good as Lingard was, was last season. Probably not as good yet, but he, he's found his form. He's a player brimming with confidence in that same position. And frankly, we don't really miss him, do we? No. I mean, you know, what he done for us last year was superb. Um, we obviously, whatever the problem was about not trying to get him, if it was ultimately he didn't want to leave his the, the club where he, he's from, then you've got to say fair play. I mean, I'm quite a... Um, I don't really know how to sort of what the word is, but you know, if it was me and I'm a player and I'm scoring a goal like that, I'm celebrating that. You know, I know it's different nowadays because he could get death threats and you know things mm. said about him. But in, in my opinion, he got a good reception. Obviously, when he was warming up, they showed that on the telly. And when he come on, as soon as he crossed over the line, that should have been the association with us sort of finished. You know, and from his standpoint, so not celebrating, he might not score another goal like that. If that's me, mate, my shirt's off, I'm getting a yellow card and I'm writing out. <laughs> no, but do you know what I'm saying? He, he's yeah. he's done that mistake the other night. And yeah. yeah, when I look at it, when West Ham players don't sort of celebrate if they do score against any of their old teams, I'm a bit like, come on, you've got a career yeah. here. Just, you know, enjoy it sort of thing. So... Yeah, I was bitterly disappointed, obviously, when he scored it. But some t- he, he gave everything to us. We weren't, you know, he, he, he sort of don't owe us anything. You know, yeah, he us, exactly, so, exactly he right. Yeah. On his Instagram, he said it, it, he's football. So mm. he could have yeah, taken no. he could have taken the penalty at the end though, just to even it out. That would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, um, definitely, mate. I just think now, you know, everyone was sort of saying it as if it was West Ham who didn't try hard enough. I think it has proved so far this season that, you know, I think if he wanted to make that move happen, he probably could have. Hmm. And I I just don't think he did. So I think we need to sort of leave it in the past now. It's in the past and he was good. He's got us to Europe. And and let's, you know, focus on on the players we've got. Yeah, I just thought any of that still like, it's all been a bit cringy for me, like sort of begging him to come back. And I'm like, well... it would happen if he wanted to and he was desperate, it would happen, but he's not. So, which is fine. No thingy against him for that. 
but like have a bit of of sort of respect for for your club and standards of, of ourselves and and go yeah fair enough mate like it was only a loan like you've done well for us exactly what you said like you didn't just come and take our money for six months you were brilliant but is behind us now so yeah no more of that that's for uh that's for sure and i'm not quite sure i wanted to do quite as well for man united as i perhaps did before the game well look let's um let's talk about a few more sort of positive things there's loads of stuff really lads i mean we're, we're quite a way into this already those are the two biggest things of course i've got i'm going to do what i sometimes do jonesy i'm going to let you pick give you a little few choices here so the wamba sack of foul on thomas suchek that martin atkinson who was appalling by the way decided uh, to give a free kick to Man United for. I've got a general note about how Martin Atkinson was an absolute shambles. Um, my positives, I've got Zuma, Ogbonna, basically everyone, sort of bar, uh, bar Fabianski and Suchek in the early parts of the game. Jared Bowen definitely played the best game I've ever seen him play for West Ham. I thought he was phenomenal. Um, yeah, you know, we've, we've won in Europe. It's still good. The atmosphere was good. The negative, I've got Fabianski and the hesitation on a couple of occasions. Suchek, terrible at the beginning. Confidence looked shot. Grew into the game. We've touched on the decision. Yarmolenko was terrible when he came on. I suppose, Jonesy, I'll let you choice choose, obviously. Zoom was world-class. It feels like the Wambasaka slash Martin Atkinson thing is something I want to go with, but but whatever you fancy out of all that lot, mate. Well, I'll let you go with that, but I want to just touch on Zuma. Yeah. Because, um, I mean, I know we're going to talk about the Zagreb game after this, but he showed it in that game, but against United in particular, he, he just he brings that level of quality in our defence just up three or four levels for me. Um, just just absolutely class throughout. Uh, shows his experience, and um, we all knew it was a good signing when we when we got the signing in. It was all confirmed, but actually, what he offers our defence is is something that I don't think many people actually anticipated. Um, we knew he was going to strengthen our back four. Um, but I think he's actually strengthened it more than I think we all initially thought. It's just just two or three levels above where we, where we were before. And uh, that's no disrespect to Dawson. I think Dawson's been great for us. But as we said a couple of weeks ago, his time in the team is probably on his way out. And Zoom, there's no way Zoom is leaving that that starting eleven now. I think he's he's absolutely mm-hmm. class, and we just need to to make sure he stays fit now for for the season because he's going to be massive for us. Absolutely massive. I thought he was, he was just he was one of the best players on the pitch for me against United. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ogbonna, I thought, as well, was also phenomenal. I thought, Man United's game, yeah. I was surprised how, like, you know, for a team who's supposed to be sort of all-conquering, like, absolutely outstanding, it was a lot of get the ball out wide, sling it in the mixer, and which was a little bit surprising. But I thought they, obviously, the quality of the balls were, were sort of fairly challenging most of the time. But I thought both of them, Ogbonna as well, just dealt with so much. And even their goal, it just seemed a bit like, Oh, I was just stunned when when it went in. It all seemed to come out of nowhere. But yeah, Kurt Zuma, absolutely phenomenal. Like hats off to Bonner as well. So yeah, um, definite kudos for him on that one, Jonesy. And yeah, it looks a snip already, doesn't it? You know, people mm. sort of the idea of Craig Dawson playing instead of him now. Obviously, we all love Dawson and all that. But coming up against teams not like um, are going to pepper us as much as United did. He's going to be priceless, isn't he? And that going up with that back four, you sort of you you back those against most attacking lineups in the league, wouldn't you? Yeah, so definitely exciting from Zuma. Reese, you can uh, take your pick, mate, from any other stuff that you want to move on to next. 
Um, I'd like to talk about a bit about Suchek. I thought he was poor, or one of his poorer games, let's say that. He was still very busy, I thought. But um, I've seen the a lot of the people talking about Fabianski. Mm. Um, you know, we've, we've all touched on it in the last, well, since we signed that keeper. Um, and I think he showed a bit of, a bit of the good and the bad yesterday. Um, the save in the first half onto the post was a great save. Mm. Um, there was a couple in the second half, but he's, he's very hesitant. Um, there was a couple of times where it was a bit, he reminded me a bit of when we had Gascalainen at West Ham, when there were shots happening. We <laughs> weren't that bad. Jesus no, Christ. There were shots happening and he sort of just, he's just leaving them, if you know what I mean. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I don't, uh, you know, I don't see him playing Wednesday night, but it, you know, I can't, I can't take a lot of it away because I did think every player was very, very good. So, you know, there was a couple of negatives, but and also you could touch on it. it again, it proves January how we will need someone to play up front. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I must admit, it worked, and I thought we were busy, but you know, there was times in the game where chances popped up where if you've got someone proper in the box. Uh, whether it could be, it could end up being Vlasic, I don't know, but he strikes me as a bit more of a four now sort of player in the games that I've seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought on the Suchek point, I thought he grew into the game, but he, he's been off colour recently, isn't it? It's, it sort of seems to be a bit of a thing. And at the beginning, that looked like a player shot of confidence at the moment. He perhaps has probably been listening to this, heard us dig him out a couple of times, <laughs> not dig him out, but just say, you know, he hasn't had his, his greatest showings. Uh, Thomas, if you are listening, we are all 100% behind you. We know you've got it in you to to turn it around. But I thought the just like early do- the early doors in the game, very little pressure from like midfielders. He's just like shinning them out for throw-ins when he's trying to pass 15 yards. Like, a lot of his t- touches were off, and it just I could literally remember so many like games or whatever. Or if you're having a bad training session. And like you can tell, you just don't want the ball. And as soon as it comes to you, you're like, oh. And even like a five yard cushion, you end up like blasting it at someone or the other way. Um, yeah, I did think he grew into the game though. Second half, I sort of I didn't notice anything from that 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 side of things. Josie, what do you make of the, the Fabianski thing then? Just quickly, um, Ariola plays Wednesday almost certainly. I think there's room for him to to sort of keep a place in the team if he does well. I mean, I think we're all kind of waiting for that switch to happen, permanently, aren't we? I mean, see, we all expected him to play. I really wasn't until like. Well, I think everyone was expecting him to come in for the Zagreb game, um, and he didn't. Mm. Uh, and I, th- I don't know whether that's then making people think that Fabianski's on his last legs anyway. Couple of little mistakes, couple of little dodgy moments, um, and it's highlighting those little errors or sort of little moments a little bit more because they know that there's a a top-class goalkeeper on the bench that we brought in on loan. Um, and everyone's kind of going, OK, well, is he going to make the change? Um, and I think you're right. I think he will play on Wednesday night. But I don't know. I still think he's a, he's a safe pair of hands between the sticks. I thought a couple of fans near me were blaming him for the for the goal, um, saying he should have caught, caught, caught it rather than parried it back out again. But that's like three yards away from him. You know, Not, not many keepers are saving that at that distance. Um, so you can't really blame him for the goal. He did pull up a couple of good saves. Um, it's Ronaldo's goal, you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, what's he going to do there? Like three yards out. And it's like reaction save. Um, and another day, he tips that over. 
So it's just it was just one of those things. But yeah, I don't know. I still think he's a safe pair of hands. It'd be interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing Ariola. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't think he's done. He's done enough to, to warrant being dropped. If you know what I mean, I, I can't mm. imagine Ariola will come in and then keep his place, and that'll be it. I still think it's his position to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Well, yeah, interesting. I was disappointed. It's the first time I've always been pretty pro him. I thought the idea of having him out wasn't really appealing to me. I think people at the beginning of the season just seemed to, one of those things where people want change for the sake of change. But yeah, I was I was disappointed, particularly with the second one, more the second one and a couple of bits before that. But um, yeah, not so, not so bad. Yeah, Martin Atkinson then, we've got to do it if none of you are going to bring it up. Woeful. I mean, the refereeing has been fantastic this season. First of all, West Ham's games and across the Premier League. Any games I've watched have been loads better. The changes they've made to let the game flow a bit more have been brilliant. But it wasn't really anything to do with that. It was just rubbish, just like rubbish, wrong decisions. The And I'd, again, I'd, I'm sort of pro VR. I think that's been used better this season as well. The game seemed more enjoyable. The, the sure penalty at the end, blatant penalty, good use of it. Um, the goals, Ronaldo's one. I didn't see it, but apparently Reese, that was that was tight. But again, nice and quick in the stadium. Uh, there was no one booting off as if it was like a complete and utter travesty of a decision on Twitter afterwards. So you think someone said about an armpit, um, <laughs> but there and thereabouts. Um, but it was just terrible. Like it was just awful. It's just classic, like old school, like ref watching a ref be scared because it's Manchester United play little free kicks and stuff that just weren't free kicks giving them straight away when if you just have the cojones to tell their players to get up once or twice early in the game it makes for a better game but he wasn't doing any of that you know the Reese, you'll probably be better placed because you saw all the replays and stuff but just just as an overall refereeing performance terrible the I don't know where to start, really. The Suchek foul, I didn't even spot it at the time. As in, I sort of saw it happen in the corner of my eye. Um, and then he blew the whistle. My dad's like, he's given a pen. And I don't really see it, so I didn't know what was going on. He gave a free kick, so I wasn't too annoyed. I only saw the footage earlier on. Wambasaka just slide tackles Thomas Suchek. Doesn't get the ball. <laughs> goes down in the box. And not only does he just not give it, he gives a free kick to Man United. But then, that's when I say, right... Where's the where's VR then? Because uh, it's a ridiculous decision by Atkinson. But you all have seen it on TV, Reese. What was the what was the chat around it? What did you what did you make of all that? Because it just seemed just farcical. It's like you can't play Man United without coming away going, "What oh, a referee was crap." I mean the the, the, the suit check decision originally, I thought it was offside. Um, so yeah. I thought actually, yeah, that's going to be tight. Um, you mentioned like the Ronaldo one. That would have been given last year because he's he's like his arm was pointing where he wanted it. But when they played it back, and you just you're right, he just totally comes in from the blind side and wipes him out. Um, you, you're, I think this is the problem with the VAR side of things. You, you obviously want the referee to let the game go as much as he can, but you're right. Someone's got to be in his ear, old guy, and at least maybe go and have a quick look at that. Mm. Um, you know, and with the Man United penalty shouts, yes, I think they maybe probably should have had one, but on a couple of them, I do think he's made the right decision. And then he makes other decisions where you think, hey, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, needless tackles in the first half where he, he was stopping the game from sort of flowing. Um, Fernandez yeah. on the deck, Ronaldo done a couple, but 
this is the point about the consistency of referees. And as you say, this season has been far better. I'm, I'm, you know, very much with all of it, what they're doing. But it also just showed up yesterday. He's an ability to referee a proper game. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I just think it, I've said it for years, mate. And, and you hear former referees come out and admit it that when they play Man United or Arsenal or whatever, there's that, they're like a bit more on edge. And it's just human nature that they end up sort of siding with a little bit. Like on the 50-50s become 60-40s and that sort of thing. And normally when Martin Atkinson's a ref, if we're playing, if it was Leeds this weekend, I go, oh, brilliant. Oh, he's pretty good. Yeah, don't mind that at all. Um, yeah, pretty respected senior official, whatever. No problem with him. And it's just like Man United come to town and even someone like him hasn't got the cojones or whatever to, to just go... Yeah, that's that's not a foul, Paul Pogba. I don't care how much you gesticulate, and Ronaldo. I don't care how much you like, you know, whine and moan and throw your arms up in the air, which I love to see. It was great seeing that beginning person, <laughs> by the way, him just like flopping around on the floor. Um, yeah, I just think it's that same old Man United stuff every time. It's like they're a good football team anyway. It's like the chances are they're just beating us at football. But um, yeah, it just winds me up, and I thought he was absolutely terrible. Just uh, we've sort of wrapped this one up. We're forty-five minutes in already. We're only just through uh, section two. Yeah, I thought Yarmolenko had absolutely zero when he came on. You've mentioned it already that um, you know we definitely need to do something or get someone um, in January. I thought just a quick one as well. Man United, I thought looked okay. I thought we went head to head and like you know we matched them minute for minute throughout the game. We looked as dangerous as they did, I thought. We defended outstandingly well and, uh, you know, went proper toe-to-toe with him, which was brilliant. Just pro- like tip of the hat to Luke Shaw. I thought he was, uh, he looked pretty good. He's just effective at what he does. He kept the ball all times. He, every time I looked at him, he's like in the final third, like mm. just looking like he wants to get on the end of something. And I thought he caused us problems. I thought we contained him pretty well. I think West Ham seemed to have made the decision that, well, they, Luke Shaw can do what Luke Shaw is going to do. We've got other things to worry about. Um, but no, I thought he was he was good. But all in all, lads, ultimately, we've, we've won away from home in Europe and we've all but for one kick uh, not got a point against a team who everyone's saying is going to win the Premier League and who also haven't lost a game away from home in something like 29 games. It's like the all-time record, isn't it? Or the Premier League record. Of, uh, of away games without a defeat. So, no shame in losing 2-1 to Manchester United whatsoever. Let's hope, though, of course, that we can get a bit of immediate revenge on Wednesday uh, at Old Trafford. But stay with us because we've got another reaction. West Ham winning away from home 2-0 in Croatia uh, against Dinamo Zagreb in their first ever Europa League group stage. Reaction to Dinamo Zagreb next. Loads to cover there then with the Man United reaction. What a game that really was. But off of the back of a huge, huge result for the club. Our first ever Europa League group game resulting in a win away at Dinamo Zagreb. Reese, how easy was it? How easy was it? Cantered to a win, didn't we? They didn't have a shot on target. The away fans, you barely hear them on a telly because they were sat about 500 miles from the pitch. But those of them who made the trip out to Croatia uh, were definitely blessed and gifted with uh, with our first ever points in the Europa League group stages. And how glorious was it? 
proper, proper professional performance that was, mate. Um, I was, I wouldn't say slightly concerned when I saw the team sheet, as we all spoke about, saying putting out our best 11, but from the minute off, we won all the second balls. We looked fit. We looked like the occasion weren't going to overawe us. Um, our big players stepped up, in my opinion. Um, yeah, all round, all round top performance. Yeah, it was just lovely stuff, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just quite strange, actually. One of those few games. We had a couple of them, or a handful of them, last couple of seasons. I don't think we'd had any in my uh, in my living memory before last couple of seasons. Games where you can just sort of chill out, Jonesy, and sit back and feet up, uh, just reaching over for the beers and the peanuts every now and then. Just thoroughly enjoyable occasion. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one for me because... Saw the amount of changes, particularly in defence. We made quite. I think it was only three changes out of the back four. And I thought well, I could backfire a little bit, um, and I was I was just really nervous before the game because of how important it was. You know, particularly given it's our hardest game of the group. Zagreb away, battered Tottenham last year, didn't they? And I thought, well, this could be a little bit of a tricky one um, with the changes. And it, yeah as you both said, just turned out to be a really relaxing 90 minutes, really enjoyable, relaxing 90 minutes of football. And I thought it was just, as Reece said, really professional performance. And for, for a team for, for a team to do that with without a great deal of experience in Europe, I know the players individually got experience, the majority of them. I think it was just Diop and Rice that didn't have experience playing in Europe before in that, in that starting 11. But as a team, collectively, I thought, I thought it was, it's as if we'd been in Europe for years. I knew exactly what to expect. Um, so, yeah, delighted. Absolutely delighted. And let's get all three points. Clean sheet as well. Happy days. Long mate, continue, mate. Hey, I, one bit I certainly wasn't relaxed at, flipping Manuel Lanzini, gets himself a book in early doors and just decides, <laughs> I know what I'll do. A few minutes later, I'll just launch myself at their bloke who's got the ball, completely miss it, bring him down. How the ref... Got away with it, off of that. And fair play to Moisey, right? Get off quickly yeah. before they realise what a travesty of a decision that was. Lads, given that, um, Reese, let's go to you on this one. Given that Dynamo Zagreb were out of pot one in our group or out of the draw, everyone's saying before, me included, that, you know, they're going to be the uh, the team to beat. Dynamo Zagreb away is going to be a hardest game. They're top of the Croatian League at the moment. Genk are fifth in the Belgium League. Uh, Rapid Vienna with a with a pot four team in the draw behind us in pot three. Does it tell you perhaps that that the teams aren't as good as we perhaps gave them credit for before and that the gulf between the Premier League and the, the European leagues is growing wider still? Or do you just think we were brilliant, they just had an off day and, and we can expect some some more sterner challenges to come? Yeah, I think it would be a lot more difficult than, than what we think. Um, certainly playing at home, I think teams will set up a lot different against us at the uh, London Stadium. I mean, we've obviously got an opportunity in the next two games, both being at home to not say wrap wrap up winning the winning the uh, group, but uh, as I say, I think the they will come there. They'll have a bit of a plan. The teams now, especially everyone's played one game, um, but also let's just hope that we can we can sort of keep it up and you know just play to our ability with the players we've got. 
Yeah, absolutely, mate. I think just worth saying as well, you know, obviously the goal from Michael Antonio early doors and then Declan Rice with his lung buster uh, just sprinting down the pitch with his eyes shut, basically opened him and he was in front of the goal, so shinned it through the goalie's legs. Uh, I thought Ryan Fredericks was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, you know, he's been, been quite kept out, understandably, by Sue Fowl, who's looked like the greatest right back we've had since Schemmel, basically, or Repka. Uh, I thought Ryan Fredericks was absolutely phenomenal. Diop, not that he was challenged that much, looked composed enough. Um, and I thought overall everyone had a had a pretty pretty good game. Jonesy, uh, anyone that stood out particularly for you? Well, I, I briefly mentioned it earlier, but Zuma on his debut straight away, used class completely brought the the quality of our of our back four up a couple of levels. As you already mentioned, they Fredericks. challenged him though, did they? They didn't, but just the composure on the ball. I mean, you, you mentioned Diop there, but there were a couple of Diop moments where he was a little bit shaky still. Um, never feel confident when he's on the ball. Um, but Zuma just had that sort of just the confidence on the ball, sort of calm and collected. I don't know whether Diop fed, fed off that throughout the game, but Fredericks, as you've already said, surprised me with how good he was. Should have scored in that first half as well without, mm. without one-on-one. Uh, but they were they were all so good. Um, Vlasic took a little bit of time to get going, um, but then sort of grew into it. In, particularly at the end of the first half, had a couple of attempts on goal, had a couple of shots. Could was quite unlucky not to get on the score sheet. But I thought all round the whole team put in a put in a quality effort, and I think just building on what what Reece said there about you know it's going to get it's not going to be it's going to you know we're still we're not going to walk this this group. It's still going to be um, quite tough. I think where what we're probably forgetting is that we're probably actually better than what we thought we were coming up against some of these some of these sides. I think a lot of right. a lot of fans maybe thought we might struggle, but I think actually it just highlights how good we've be, we are now that mm. we're able we're able to go to somewhere like Zagreb and Zagreb are no mugs. You know they had an off day against us. They're a better team than than they showed on you Thursday think, night. You? Um, and we've rocked up there and we've won comfortably. Um, without really any any problems, and I think that's less to do with the fact that Zagreb had an off day, and the fact that actually we're a very very good side that's well worthy of our place in this competition, and we haven't you know just fluked at the odd season, finished sixth you know with a bit of a fluke, and we've landed ourselves in there. I think we're we're more than ready to compete in this competition, and that just shows how far we've come. I think. Yeah, absolutely, mate. I mean, it's just worth noting as well. Uh, two substitutes we made a lot of. Uh, airtime or whatever a lot of people uh, getting really excited on Twitter uh, seeing Mark Noble in a West Ham shirt playing away in Europe you know I love football and you know he's, my life's complete blah 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 obviously it was great seeing Mark come on there for a, for a European appearance for his boyhood club I'd just like to say as well absolutely delighted to see the King has returned King Arthur Masuaku coming off the bench in the second half. Uh, yeah, just brilliant, brilliant to have him back, really. I think there was some concerns. There hadn't been too much publicity about it, about his recovery. There wasn't loads on the club's social media channels, was there, like, it's sort of keeping track of his recovery. I think there were some fears. I had a little bit of them, sort of not really grounded in anything, any information. I think there were some concerns that, that we might have a Winston Reid situation on our hands and it could be more serious than fans were being were being told. But, yeah, he comes back. Obviously, he's going to have a, a job and a half getting in. I expect him to play on on Wednesday at Old Trafford. But yeah, delighted for for Mark Noble. Delighted for 
Arthur Masuaku, West Ham sitting pretty at the top of uh, of their Europa League group stage. J- James, what what are you sort of expecting then from the rest of the tournament? Our next game, of course, in ten days' time from uh, the Monday night when we're recording the podcast, Thursday thirtieth of September, Rapid Vienna at home. Uh, what the, are you sort of? How can you picture the rest of the group playing out? I think they'll take a lot of confidence from from the Zagreb win. Um, I, I think I think our next real test, I think, will probably be Zagreb when they come when they come. I don't think it's our last group game, but mm. I don't think we can underestimate the likes of Vienna and uh, and Genk. I think you know the fact is that you know, they're in this competition and they've earned their place in this competition just as much as we are. So they're not going to be roll. They're not going to be walkover games. Um, but I think you know going to Zagreb and winning the way we did will give the team. And the squad a lot of confidence going into the next five fixtures, and you know I, I think at home turned turned London Stadium into a bit of a fortress over the last what year eighteen months. Don't lose there very often, uh, very often anymore. And I think that will show, um, particularly against particularly in Europe. So I'm quite confident now. I think I think we can we, I think we, we make sure we win our three home games. And see what happens in in the other two away ones. I think we can. We can look forward to going through as group winners, but you just never know with us, do you? Just no, one stupid David Moyes decision away from from blowing it all blowing it all out. Ariola, get on! You're taking the pens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Reese, um, just just final one then before we move on uh, with this obviously brilliant result. But Genk beat Rapid Vienna one uh, nil away in the other. Group H game, Paul on Nauchu scoring the 92nd minute. So perhaps that one, uh, you know, a bit closer than than other people thinking. I think it's fair to say, as as in any competition like this, you'd rather all the other games were draws, particularly as people are kind of assuming Genka like our next challengers outside uh, Zagreb. So it would have been nice if Vienna could have held on for the point. Are you expecting us to top the group still or, or, or how are you seeing it? I think after the first result, it, it gives us that opportunity um, to win the group. I know it's only the first one out of six, but I, I don't expect, certainly in the home games, it to, us to be at full strength every game mm. because he will he will look at the league games that we've got, certainly before it and after it. Um, so, you know, I, I'd hope we've got enough in the squad to certainly get us over the line. Um and also, I didn't, I didn't realise that there is that little change in the format this year. That you know, if you do win the group, you're straight into into the, what is it, the last sixteen? Is it so? Yeah, if you win, you go last sixteen. Yeah. If you come second, you play a playoff against a Champions League dropout. Yeah, so added incentive to do that. Um, you know, I, I, I hope, I hope that it, it sort of uh, continues and we can have a little, a, a good little run in it. Yeah, that's it, mate. Yeah, I think just uh, one sort of last thing to end on as well. Obviously, loads of seen lots of footage and photos of fans out there. I think the majority had a really good time, uh, enjoyed themselves. I understand there was a little bit of trouble, perhaps like, away from the game. I think there were some uh, groups of Zagreb fans earlier in the day on the match day before the police had got there who were causing a bit of trouble for fans going to collect their tickets. I understand the day after as well, there was a, it was a little bit of a of a moody atmosphere for some with with reports of of sort of groups of locals going around trying to sort of you know um, 
a little bit of violence towards a violent sort of attitude towards some West Ham fans. But overall, I think um, everyone who went out there seemed <laughs> to have a good time and just hope uh, everyone enjoyed themselves and got home safely. But from what I've seen and what I've heard, West Ham fans you know, gave a really good account of themselves. It was hard to hear them on TV, of course. Um, but yeah, sort of sounds like um, they're reasonably... Uh, sort of all in all like, behaved themselves well enjoyed themselves all important and represented the club well uh, in Europe and uh, yeah exciting times ahead the same again in Genk and Vienna hopefully that next Europa League game Thursday the 30th of September against Rapid Vienna but the perfect start to West Ham's first ever Europa League group stage game so we've got loads coming up on the show tonight we've got some huge news next with the Betway Charity Bets <laughs> Support for the We Are West Ham podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who are the men's below-the-waist champions of the world. Manscaped offer precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they just launched their fourth-generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 4.0, all across Europe. Yep, you can join two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, who we've teamed up with to bring you 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code WeAreWestHam. That's all one word. We are West Ham at manscaped.com. Imagine shaving with a sleek, well-designed and optimised trimmer that makes shaving time your favourite time, just like watching West Ham is your favourite time of the week. We're lucky enough to be one of the first to try the new 4.0 and it's fair to say we're blown away by its performance. It's a next level product that really will change the way you approach your grooming routine. James, uh, trimmers, shaving, keeping yourself nice and tidy down there. Any funny or embarrassing stories? No, nothing from me. Um, I'm not saying I'm a pro or anything, but nothing from me. But a, a friend of mine has quite an embarrassing story, which I always think about. Always makes me giggle, um, particularly after a few beers when we go out and not out with him. But on a Magaluf uh, lad's holiday about 10 years ago, he, he thought on his first night he'd um, give himself a little bit of a tidy up. And um, As went you all do. the way as, yeah, I mean, as you do, yeah, but he, he first time he'd ever done it, so he wasn't, you know, he didn't really know about the aftercare and everything that comes with it, and um, spent a good, you know, a good 24, 36 hours in in agony because of the the, the Magaluf heat and the, the sweating that comes with it naturally, um, and it was very uncomfortable for him. So um, he got absolutely no luck, which was was his intent, his intention, um, and so we've laughed about it ever since. <laughs> what about you, mate? Yeah, uh, to be honest, mate, I used to be a regular waxer, believe it or not. Um, just a little uh, professional studio we had near my my work in an old life, this was. And I used to go and get it done in a salon. But it's an expensive way of doing it. It's like 40 quid a go every six weeks or whatever it was. Um, and then so one day I thought, oh, you know, I'll have a go at this at home. It's got to be cheaper. Bought all the strips. And I won't go into details, but it was very, very painful. And the uh, it was not a pretty sight afterwards either. So from then on, switched to trimmers and it's been shavers all the way for me since then. Clean and tidy, no hassle, very, very similar um, effect. So, uh, yeah, to say not deep, not details, but it was not pretty. So, uh, yeah, trimmers all the way. To be fair, mate, I never, never had you down as a waxer, um, <laughs> if I'm honest. But, yeah, I mean, you learn something new every day, didn't you? Um <laughs> Manscaped have engineered the ultimate groin and body trimmer to combat all those embarrassing stories once and for all by focusing on intelligent functionality and incredibly comfortable grooming experience. Their fourth generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade 
to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology. And it also has a very impressive 4,000 LED spotlight, which I can show you right there. Oh, hey, have a See? look at that. Shaving in the dark. Shaving in the dark, just in case you need to, for whatever reason. I, mean, I wouldn't recommend it. For the um, awkward dark spots. Little dark spots. Um, again, if you've got any, you know, it comes in handy. <laughs> uh, and that can be turned on and off when needed for a more precise shave. This thing literally does have everything. It even boasts wireless charging, uh, additional guard links with sizes one to four, and a multi-function on and off switch that can engage a travel lock. So that's if you need to up your game when it comes to tidying up your trophy cabinet, or if you've been shaving down below with the same trimmer you use for your face, now's the time to dip into the transfer market and bring in a superstar signing who will upgrade your look and feel instantly. West Ham have done just that this summer, so now it's your turn. So head over to manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code WEARWESTAM. That's all one word, WEARWESTAM. You wouldn't stick a goalkeeper up front if you're a manager, so why choose anything other than the right tools for the job when it comes to your grooming? Trust us, you won't regret it. Man United, done. Dynamo Zagreb, done. Man United away in the League Cup coming up Wednesday night and then Leeds United away in the Premier League on Saturday at three o'clock, lads. The Manchester United game was obviously, you know, that the the way it all played out at the end was heart-wrenching for so many different reasons. But you'll realise when I tell you what my charity bet was, if you don't remember already from the podcast last week, my charity bet was over 3.5 goals in the game, a penalty to be awarded in the game and a goal in each half. Of course, there was a goal in each half. Right at the end, there is a penalty awarded in the game. Tick, we were already on three goals then. All I needed, excuse me, was for Mark Noble to slot the ball into the back of the net. And not only have West Ham got a well-deserved point against Manchester United, I would have also cashed in for the Bobby Moore Fund on the Betway charity bet. So I was absolutely devastated after the game. But I am absolutely delighted to say that in similar vein to last season, after a little bit of gentle persuading from me, Chad Yeomans from Betway, Way has generously agreed to pay out for that bet because it was so close. We were one kick away from my bet coming in, which was uh, yeah, brilliant stuff for me. So thanks very much to Chad because he has agreed to pay out that nine to two bet for me at the weekend. Uh, Jonesy, um, that money goes to the Bobby Moore Fund. Yeah, I think you're a little bit torn, weren't you? To be fair, to see that uh, that now officially leaves you on zero on the leaderboard. Obviously, you want the money, as much money to go to our charities as possible. But um, admit it, it did leave a little bit of... Uh, they'd leave you a little bit sore when to see you the only one on the leaderboard of zero pounds. No, I'm delighted for you, mate. I'm delighted for the Bobby Moore fund. <laughs> I'm a 225 quid in the, in the pot. Um, it does mean, though, that like me last season, the rest of the season, you could have an asterisk next to your total. Um so, you know, you win some, you lose some, mate. But um, and uh, your description of gen- gentle persuasion um, probably doesn't tell the full story, does it, mate? But yeah, <laughs> yeah, we'll, um, we'll leave it at that. But no, I'm, uh, I mean, I suppose it's only fair, isn't it? I mean, they, they paid out after Tom and I came very, very close in the Leicester game at the beginning of last season. So, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, as it's obviously 
Um, just worth noting that uh, they're they're only paying out um, to us as it's the charity bet. So if you back the bet for real in real life on the Betway app, unfortunately they won't be they won't be paying yeah, you out. Not going to pay you your out, money on that one. They're just, they're just doing it for charity. But uh, yeah, delighted. So they're very generous from Chad and the guys at Betway. There um, paid out that nine to two shot. So that's two hundred twenty five quid. Uh, for me on the leaderboard and uh, as we all know Betway are matching any winnings we get this season so that is 550 quid in total uh, in the pot for the Bobby Moore fund uh, lads were sort of you know you were Jonesy you were sort of semi-close um, Reese, not so much Jonesy just remind everyone what you had I had the draw both teams to score and Vlasic any time so probably wasn't that close I think Vlasic had one or two attempts didn't he but didn't really look, I think, at that one in the first half where he blazed over from six yards. But, yeah, probably not as close as it looks on paper. Mm. No, I don't, I don't know. We haven't really mentioned him in either of the, the segments yet. I, I thought he looked okay, though, though, Vlasic. Yeah, the one in the first half was probably the closer one where, from my end, it looked like it was very close indeed and I thought he was unlucky. Um, yeah, Reese, you've went for, just remind us, mate, what you went for for United. Uh, both teams to score, which is, I say most weeks, is pretty much going to be a given for me this season. Um, yeah. Pogba assist, obviously the way it started the season. Um, and then I've done Aaron Questwell to score any time. Again, mm. going on a couple of previous games, might have got a couple of free kicks, but obviously wasn't to be, so... I'm uh, not, I'm hoping this weekend's a bit better. Not to be this week, mate. But look, I mean, uh, yeah, like you say, the just hats off to Chad and, and Betway for for being generous and uh, realizing that you know my bet was was in if it wasn't for that uh, bizarre decision by David Moyes to to put Mark Noble on. If he'd scored that penalty, that bet comes in. So uh, yeah, brilliant stuff for the Bobby Moore Fund. Uh, Two hundred twenty-five quid winnings, which means five hundred fifty quid. In the pot for the Manchester United game, James will, of course, update the league tables and uh, put those out on Twitter as usual. So looking ahead then, lads, uh, for Leeds on Saturday. Reese, I'll throw it to you first. Uh, tell us what you've gone for. Uh, West Ham win, both teams to score and Antonio to score any time. Yeah, nice. And that's, that's a pretty solid one, that one, isn't it? You sort of think the odds might not be spectacular. But um, but a very good chance, Antonio coming back from his suspension, of course. You think Reese will play on on Wednesday at all, or or not? Um, I'd like to think not. Mm. Um, he's one of the ones that you know we've got to keep an eye on. He might want to play. You know, it, it's it's that thing of it, it, do players want to play in them sort of games? But I'd be very surprised if we see. 80% of the players that usually play, I don't think any of them are play. So mm. keep him nice and wrapped up until Saturday. And then, uh, yeah, see see if we can unleash him at Ellen Road. Jonesy, what have you gone for for the Leeds game then? Got West Ham win. Um, my favourite, Jared Bowen, score or assist. He got, got his first assist of the season against United, setting up Ben Rama. Uh, and I've gone, I've gone her any time. Got the winner at Ellen Road last year with that header quite late on yep. um, given that they're quite weak at defending set pieces leads so I think that's where we're going to be dangerous again this time around so I'm backing him to get a goal and it'll bump yeah nice well. 
Yeah, nice one, mate. I like it. Yeah, Ogbonna was one of my, this leads away, was one of my big wins for the Bobby Moore Fund last season uh, back in Ogbonna to score on that one as well. I've gone something a little bit different this time, something I don't normally go for. I've gone West Ham to win, which, you know, not too out there. More than 3.5 goals because I just fancy that uh, stat after the weekend as well. I think Leeds might find their scoring boots as well as us. Uh, and Pablo Fornells to score at any time. I, I don't know what it is. Uh, he just looks a bit more dangerous this season. He looks like he's gone up a level which I really like. So, uh, yeah, just a reminder, of course, that me and the lads are playing for three West Ham charities this season. Me for the Bobby Moore Fund, James for the DT38, Dylan Tombidi's Foundation, Reese for Isla's Fight, Betway give us £50 charity stake each week to put on a three-legged uh, West Ham bet for each and every Premier League game the Hammers play. And, uh, yeah, any winnings from those bets uh, go to the charities I've just mentioned there. Betway have agreed to match uh, any winnings at the end of the season. Raised more than £12,500 last year and aiming for the same this season. So, fingers crossed. And a reminder, as always, you can, if you like the sound of those bets, I was extremely close last week. If you like the sound of any of those, you can back them for real for yourself on the Betway website and app under the pre-built bet selection. Uh, James posts the odds out on the We Are West Ham Twitter account. Later on in the week when we get them from Chad and they'll be up on the Betway website for a Saturday game. They'll be up around Thursday. So keep your eye out for those if you fancy backing them. Exciting stuff so far. Stay with us because we've still got to look ahead to Manchester United and Leeds. So, lads, we've covered a lot this week already. Um, we've laid down the Betway charity bets for what we think is going to happen at Leeds. In all the drama and in all the the, the sort of roller coaster of emotions the last seven days has been for West Ham United, it's sort of this game, it seems strange, isn't it, that a game away at Old Trafford is like the least important thing that, that we're all worrying about. Of course, in the League Cup, because as is... Uh, just the rules of physics, West Ham have to get drawn against Manchester United in a cup competition at least once a season. Um, we've obviously got drawn them again in the League Cup away at Old Trafford. I, I don't know, Reese. I'll go to you first, mate. I, I don't know how, how are you viewing the game? Because obviously any win at Old Trafford would be phenomenal. Our record there is not great. We pushed them close in the cup last season. Scott McTominay getting a winner in extra time. Um, Al, what's your sort of thoughts ahead of that game at Old Trafford on Wednesday night? Um, I think you obviously be a very, hopefully, a very different side from what played Sunday. Uh, I mean, obviously, fans are going to still travel up to the game, so you've got to, we've got to put on some sort of performance. We can't just sort of uh, give it away. But I, I'm not expecting too much. Let's be honest. Uh, to be totally honest with you, mate. No. What, from result or the team or the squad or the fact? I think it's going to be a very, very uh, sort of, I think it'll be a bit of a boring, dull game. Um, and I think we'll, there'll be players certainly who need a rest, that will get a rest. Um, yeah. I mean, the players that come in, obviously, have got something to prove, but um, bigger fish to fry this season, haven't we? Yeah, that's a, we're getting a good old run out of that phrase tonight, isn't it? <laughs> 
<laughs> so, Jonesy, uh, Reese has obviously got it wrong there. Same fish to fry Wednesday night. We're <laughs> expecting team wise, uh, James. It's a difficult one because I think there'll be something in Moyes' head, sort of looking for a bit of revenge after what happened on on Sunday. Um, it's not to say he's going to put out a full strength side because he won't, can't afford to. But I think we'll see a lot of changes. But if you look at with the signings that we made in the summer, we've we've got that little bit of depth now. Um, so you can you can do quite a lot of rotating and still have quite a strong side. Um, I, st- I think Vlasic will play because he needs the minutes just to get used to the team. Yep. I think Zuma will still play as well. Really? But yeah, I think he will. Surely um, Dawson and Diop, surely. Potentially, potentially. I don't know. Or whether he just wants the, the, the particularly new signings to to kind of continue getting a bit of minutes, a little bit of momentum in, in the side, get used to the, the, the new teammates a little bit. Um, I mean, they've only mm-hmm. just joined, so it's not as if they're like Deccan Rice and Suchek, who are just both just absolutely knackered and desperately need a break. I'll be stunned um, if he plays. I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he if he's rested, but then I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. I think you know. I, I, I Flag think. to the mast, Jonesy. What what do you think? Is he playing or not? Fancy a little five pound side hustle for the absolutely uh, not, fun Dylan uh, Tombidi. Absolutely not. No, 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 yeah, no. Because no, those, those things always go against me. But I think elsewhere <laughs> on the pitch, I think elsewhere on the pitch, I think we might finally see Alex Crow in midfield, maybe paired mm-hmm. alongside Mark Noble. Uh, Yarmolenko will have a start. Hopefully, he can do a little bit more than he did on Sunday. Um, you've already spoken. Uh, Masaraki will, will get a start as well, I'm sure. Um, so yeah, there'll be a, a mix. There will be a lot of changes, but I still think it'll be a decent eleven. I think United are going to rest. Ronaldo will be be rested. Mm. Um, they'll have a lot of players players drop out as well. So be interesting to see see what he goes for but I think there'll be something in the back of his mind he'll want a bit of revenge after the way Sunday played out um, and that might play into his decision making a little bit you know had that not happened he may have already had his, his 11 sorted but that may change things hmm. yeah I, I think Ariola across the back uh, Fredericks Dawson Diop uh, Masuaku um, that sort of sorts I, I just I don't think he's got much choice we've got like it's literally the third choice competition. It's not like the only the only other thing we've got going on, is it, mm. at the moment? Um Reese, what 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 are you expecting sort of like personnel wise then? I've got a feeling he might go five at the back. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I've I've got a feeling a bit like Jonesy, I think Zuma might play um alongside Dawson and Diop. I think Masuaku fits better in a back five than mm. he does in a back four. I think Fredericks would be obviously wide right, and then that would allow probably Noble, uh, Crow, and maybe Lanzini to play in the middle, and then you could play Yarmolenko and Vlasic as you know the, the two up high up the pitch. So um, that's what I would probably think. Um, so then more so give if, you know Arthur's coming back from a spell on the sidelines, so you know I think he's got to be playing in his right position, which is. I think he's better when he is in a left wing back, more so than left back. Mm. So um, that's what I think. Um, and obviously, I do think goalkeeper change. Um, yeah, and I, I think after that, there'll probably be a few on the bench, but whether they do come on, they might just come on just to loosen up a little bit. Some might have to. So see what we get. Ben yeah, Johnson yeah, probably gets some minutes as well because yeah, he hasn't yeah, played at all this season, has yeah. he? Yeah, forgot about him. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I um, yeah, I know. I can't see him starting though, to be honest, especially after Fredericks, how well he played it. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, it was obviously a risk. We don't want this to, I don't want to treat it like a complete warm-up game, do we? We've, we've got some good players there who can put it to United. Some with with lots to prove. Um, so yeah, I, I still can't see can't see Johnson starting actually, which might be a bit. A little bit unlucky for him, to be fair, but I like the sound of what you're saying, Reese. And it's just quite exciting to see a few of the the fringe players get a proper a proper run out in the side. We'll see some new faces for the first time, won't we? Yeah, I imagine Noble will get start. So um, yeah, could uh, could be interesting stuff. But um, yeah, I was thinking of going up there. But the tickets are still thirty quid. Oh, Jesus, Wednesday night. 30 quid, lots of other exciting West Ham stuff coming up, isn't there? I thought they might have knocked it down to 15s or something. I might have had a little jaunt up there just to uh, do like Old Trafford. But, um, you know, I might have, a, have to judge that a bit closer to the time, I think. But, um, yeah, exciting stuff ahead. Uh, nonetheless, West Ham v Manchester United in the Carling Cup. Well, it's not called the Carling Cup, is it? Excuse me, in the Carabao Cup. Uh, Wednesday night at Old Trafford. Excited to see some different faces get a run out. Fingers crossed, as we've mentioned already, that we can get a little bit of revenge. Stay with us because next up, uh, sports journalist and Leeds fan from the Sun, Kieran Ben, is joining us for the opposition view. Uh, he'll be able to shine a light on why Leeds have been so awful this season and if any of our Betway charity bets have got a chance of winning. Stay with us. Opposition view next. <laughs> There you have it then. Views from the boys. League Cup on Wednesday. Big game at Old Trafford. Good to get revenge on them straight away, wouldn't it? And uh, I'm sure their fans will be desperately gutted to have lost the League Cup game to us um, and not the Premier League one. So, uh, fingers crossed for that Old Trafford on Wednesday. We've got another look ahead. It's another two-game week for West Ham United. We didn't bother with um, a double Manchester United opposition view. We had Matt Beadle on last week. I'm delighted to say, though, to look ahead to our Premier League encounter at Ellen Road on the weekend is returning friend of the podcast friend of mine and uh sports journalist all round good guy and leeds fan uh, from the sun kieran ben kieran wonderful to have you back again mate thank you for joining us that background of yours the studio looks absolutely phenomenal stuff i like the effort you've put in there mate bit of a retro is that a packard bell lead shirt you've got on uh, there no, it's, um, strongbow. Strongbow. strongbow strongbow nice yeah massively That's mark Viduka, that isn't it what year is that, mate? What year is that? Oh, mate, 2000 and... I'm going to say 2002. I'm probably going to get it wrong. I reckon about 2002. 2002. Um, after that, we got relegated in 2003, 2004. So that's, it's not that top. No, no, exactly. Well, on that note, Kieran, you're 17th at the moment. Uh, Marcelo Bielsa, managerial genius. I don't know what's happened to that one. I've always shouted it from whoever would listen on this podcast or uh, or just in, in the street, really, that Marcelo Bielsa, perhaps a little bit overreated. 17th this season. We don't swear on the podcast, but if you could see my notes um, for how Leeds have looked so far this season, I've used a word that isn't broadcastable on the We Are West Ham podcast. However, what's going on? You've drawn with Newcastle and Burnley so far. You basically deserve to go down for not beating one of them, but... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, obviously it's a disappointing to start considering just how well we did last season. But, I mean, it's it's always going to be tougher. And I think it, football hasn't really stopped. And we've got maybe our key player has been 
worked a lot harder this season, you know, going to the Euros and then playing all the international games and hasn't really had a break. So uh, he is the hub of our that team. That was just... Who are you talking about there, mate? Calvin Phillips. Calvin Phillips, sorry, yeah. Let me give you the name. Um, The better Declan Rice. Um, So, he's, uh, yeah, obviously he hasn't stopped playing. I think, you know, there's a chance that it's not quite clicking as much due to them all probably being a bit knackered. But at the same time, it's Premier League, isn't it? So, you've got to be up to to speed. I think the one thing for me uh, from a fan point of view um, is usually we're, when we're playing well and, and everything is sort of moving like clockwork, um, you know, you can, the football is beautiful, but it's, it's really jolty um, at times this season. So it's not quite um, settled the way I'd like, to, like to, to have. But then again, saying that, we have played, you know, Everton, Man United and Liverpool so far. So difficult at, to say. Kind of and, Newcastle, and Newcastle and Burnley. Well, yeah, <laughs> I mean, Burnley, the Burnley game was we were things were clicking in places and then they weren't in the other. It was just a bit like it looks like everything was coming together um, and we were starting to get in the groove of things. We thought, okay, well we might actually get a few goals here and then it went and then we looked like we were going to lose two, three goals and then Newcastle we should have been probably up by four by half time and didn't do it. So we then got punished. But it's the Premier League and that you can't really make mistakes mm-hmm. like that. No, uh, just quickly then, mate. Before uh, before the lads jump in, you mentioned about being tired or whatever. Not, to, I'm genuinely not being facetious. But mm. is there anything sort of specific about Leeds? Because you know, lots of teams have had players playing in internationals over the summer. I know Leeds played. Do you think it's just because of the nature and the style of play Bielsa plays? It's that bit more taxing, so the fatigue creeps in sooner. Or because you know, Declan Rice played alongside Phillips at the Euros. He's looked pretty mm. fresh so far this season and plenty of other international players at other clubs haven't, well, you know, not using that as an excuse for nearly being in the relegation zone. Yeah, I mean, no, completely. I, I don't think I can put it down to the whole of that. And to be fair, it's probably, um, uh, it, it, it's, not, it's not an excuse. I mean, Leeds is football, as everyone kind of knows, it's all about high press and running constantly and they make you work and they make you run. Um, even if that's not really your style, you end up, some quite often playing Leeds' style because, um, or like playing against Leeds' style rather than being able to play your own style because they run so hard. Um, I think having played it maybe for three, four seasons now, um, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if if it was playing a part. But then again, that's probably just a naive view. I think, you know, if you had Bielsa here and you, he, like he would probably disagree with me completely and say it's not down to that. But um, we did try to get him, mate, but he's busy. <laughs> no, mate, look. Look, I think we've also there's there's things in the summer that a lot of fans aren't happy with, you know, the recruitment side of things. Um, then again, we just spent 100 million pound last year, but looking at it now, um, we needed a centre midfielder um, this season. We needed we needed that like, Rodrigo. We were kind of unsure whether he can really play that position where Pablo Hernandez used to play. He's coming, obviously, he's 27 million pound player. Um, and everyone's kind of thinking we need a centre midfielder because we're we're low on our feet. We needed a left back. We got Junior Furpo, who's who's looked like he wasn't really doing much great, but wasn't really doing much wrong. And then the, on the on it was set kind of the, the same again against Newcastle. Um, I think it's not all down to the tiredness um, at all, and it probably is down to it none none of it to it. It's just not the football is not free flowing at the moment. Um, Bamford's doing his usual hard work. Calvin spraying his usual balls. Um, in fairness, our centre halves we've had we've got none at the moment. You know, um, I mean we've got 
we've got a couple, but you know, we've got Charlie Cresswell who's looking like he could even play um, in one of the next few games, even though he hasn't played a single game yet, just because we've got Strike, Uente, Robin Cock, and now Aving probably injured as well. So, um, yeah, we're struggling, we're struggling defensively, but it's just, uh, it's not quite what it was last season yet, but I don't think there's any worry in any Leeds fans, really, that, that we're going to go down. Kieran, do you think that maybe, I'm not going to suggest that there's going to be sort of the, the second season syndrome, as it's called, but do you think that there is a danger that a lot of teams in the Premier League, a lot of managers in the Premier League, they're caught off guard by Bielsa and Leeds a little bit last season um, in terms of the intensity and, and all the rest of it? Do you think maybe this year a lot more teams would have been a little bit more clued up because Bielsa famously doesn't change his approach, doesn't change his system. Yeah. It's his way or the highway. Um, do you think that might be Leeds' downfall a little bit this season, that teams will know what to expect when they come up against Leeds this year? I think it's one thing knowing what to expect and one thing actually stopping it. Um, every team knows how Leeds play. It's not a secret. And to be fair, mm. after about five games last season, it's still not a secret. It's just whether you can stop it. Um, it's. I, I'm not saying it's unbeatable because obviously it's not. I'm just saying there's one system that got us here um, and there's one system that's going to get us further and it's that system. Um, we are going to get beat and we are going to get. We are going to lose. But then again, we have lost to three of the top um, four um, or, or was at the time. Um, so... It's it's a hard it's, it's it's hard to say really. Like I think managers can understand what's going on and can understand how Leeds play, but I think that um, I think that we're in good nick to kind of pick up form again. And you know, teams maybe you know after a slow start to the season, teams might think, okay, well we might be able to catch them out now, and then we'll get the get the run going again. We do often have these moments in seasons, but they're usually around halfway. Um, and then we usually go on like a six or seven run streak of like not losing or winning most of them. And I don't, there's no way that, there's no um, reason I don't think that couldn't happen again. Because I still think there's maybe six or seven teams that are definitely worse than us in this league. Touching on the uh, second season syndrome again, Kieran, do you think the having fans back in the ground at Ellen Road because of our sort of passionate they are, would put pressure on players that have never played in front of them? And do you think that could be a cause of why you've been a bit sort of slow starters again? It's funny you say that, actually, because when um, the first season we were trying to get out of the championship, I thought it was... I thought it was the nerves of the fans was really getting into the players' minds as we were getting towards the end of the season. I thought that... I thought I was probably maybe playing a part. And then when COVID hit, and um, there, were, there were less fans. Um, well, there was no fans, sorry. Um, I thought, OK, well, maybe the nerves won't get into the play. It'll be like training game and they'll probably they'd be able to do it in training. There won't be that extra pressure. Um, so it could be it could be like that. But then again, last time we had a second season in the Premier League, we won it. So, um, well, in the top division, we, you know, there's no there's no way, there's no reason I don't think that you can put no logical reason I think you can say that we're going to have a second season syndrome because usually these teams that do don't have um, massively experienced managers who are in top flight football. Um, I mean, Sheffield United struggled a lot, so much so that, um, well, look what happened to them. And Bielsa's probably not the guy who's going to just let something 
keep getting worse and worse and worse and worse. But that just comes down to having a top manager um, at the club. Looking at uh, this this weekend, Kieran, see, last year we, we went to Ellen Road and, and snatched a, a late winner. Um, we don't win win much at Ellen Road. I think it's like, I think only two two or three times in Premier League history. I think not even that. Um, what what can we expect from Leeds? Uh, what can West Ham expect from Leeds? You mentioned there's been, I mean, some makeshift defence and there's a few injuries. Um, should, should we be worried of sort of a, a high intensity rested Leeds side, or, or are you a little bit worried about sort of what's to come? I'd be lying if I said I wasn't worried a little bit because um, West Ham, obviously proven last season, you guys got a bit about you and it's not exactly gone away. Um, what you can expect from Leeds is the same as we always do. I mean, it's, it's such an easy thing to say, isn't it? But like, you can expect high press in football and um, trying to break you down the counter-attack. So, you know, these set pieces you get um, where you, you've got... Well, you beat us with last season at Ellen Road. Um, we're gonna we're gonna try and count on those, and you, you're gonna experience a game where um, we'll try and have the majority of the possession um, and break you down in the same style every single time, and then it might come off. It's just it's hard to say this season because it's not we haven't looked like the Leeds United of last season. That's that's what's obviously a little bit scary, but. And, and a bit disappointing, but there's been glimpses of it. And I think against West Ham, after five games and not got a win yet, I don't, I don't think the players are just going to roll over and 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 let you play your own game. I think, you know, in front of the fans, and they're going to give a big performance. I, I, it's hard to say where, what which way it will go, but the two games last season against West Ham weren't particularly going our way in either of them. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you're going to expect a fight, but it's hard to say which way it's going to go. Has the confidence suffered yet, Kieran? Because obviously you talk about the way Leeds play and it, it is just one rigid way of playing. But that, that doesn't mean that the I know the players at Leeds perhaps are slightly more robotic and perhaps there's less room to express themselves than there is at some other clubs. But as a confidence must still come in it for the players and, and not having and picked up a win yet and being hovering just above that relegation zone. Is, have you seen or noticed any any sort of sort of dips in, in confidence as a result? Or are you expecting any, perhaps? Um, there's, well, I mean, not to pick him out because I think he's brilliant. I think he's, he's probably our second best player is Patrick Bamford. I feel like if, if he's not firing, um, which he doesn't seem to be... He's, what got one goal this season? I might might be wrong on that, but I think he's it, he had a chance against Newcastle, and it's little moments where you just it, it's the fear of what he was like in the championship. He's nowhere near. He's still he's much better than he was in the championship. But there's little glimpses of it, and you think is the form not there, and how far is it going to go before we realise we're not scoring any goals, which is, again, what happened in the Championship was we created 20 chances, 25 chances, and we'd score maybe one goal. Um, and it, it was basically just our last season, for the first time, I thought um, we were making the most of chances, which we haven't done yet. And this season, it's, you know, we're having chances again. And I, you, can only, you only have to look at the first half of Newcastle to think 
we're getting the chances and not finishing them. And the confidence in these players, they're only human, but then again, they've probably got great sports psychologists. Um, is you're only going to get maybe like have a bit of doubt in your mind, but I just don't feel the manager is going to let them not have belief, self belief in themselves. I, I, it's it's one thing that Bielsa is best at is coaching individual players, and I just don't see the confidence getting knocked um, soon, and I don't think it's been knocked yet. Um, but it depends how long this run goes on without the wing. Yeah, of course, mate. Of course. Well, look, I mean, it's a, it's a retro Premier League game, a proper classic Leeds versus West Ham United. It's Saturday, it's three o'clock and it's in a classic old stadium as well. So it's a, it's a brilliant game of football, you know, for the traditionalists amongst us. Um, give us your score prediction, mate. It doesn't sound you. You're too doom and gloom, obviously a little bit. Um, less flamboyant than you were on the podcast last season, I think, uh, which is absolutely nice. As you well know, I prefer the subdued version of Kieran Ben. So give us a, uh, a score prediction. Saturday afternoon, three o'clock, Leeds v West Ham at Ellen Road. Um, look, I've got to back my team and go uh, for a 3-1 win to Leeds. 3-1 win. I mean, have you ever heard a man, look, both of the boys think you're absolutely mad. Have you ever heard a man be so subdued about his team and then go, yeah, yeah, but we're going to win 3-1, aren't we? It's you every week, though, Will. Yeah, that's true, actually, mate. Yeah, that is true. Well, look, Kieran, uh, it's absolutely brilliant to have you on again, mate. Thanks for coming along. We'll be sure to call you up uh, for the return leg later in the season, of course. Kieran, Ben there. Uh, video producer extraordinaire big Leeds fan from the sun uh, Kieran great to to have you back on the show again he's going for a free one win lads just quickly then before we move on Jonesy and Reese score predictions for that game at Leeds Jonesy first I'm going to go uh, I'm confident I'm going to go 2-1 West Ham repeat two of last one season 2-1 West Ham I like it Reese. 3-1 West Ham 3-1 West Ham. Jesus, would you believe it? Well, look, we've, uh, we've got the Betway charity bets out of the way already. So, uh, yeah, I think there's some uh, some positive vibes coming from Reese and James there. I'm going to go... Yeah, I do fancy us to just nick it as well, but I'm going to go for a 3-2 goals, goals, goals. So, uh, yeah, brilliant to, uh, to have Kieran back there and uh, stay with us. We've got some final thoughts next. Kieran Ben there from the Sun. A little bit more downbeat showing on the We Are West Ham podcast from Kieran this season. I remember he was quite eager, um, you know, to to get all up in our faces last year. Talk about Bielsa's the legend. He's absolutely untouchable. A little bit more subdued from Kieran this time around. Uh, exciting stuff, nonetheless. It's a good old, it's a proper decent game, that lads, isn't it? Three o'clock at Ellen Road on a Saturday. West Ham versus Leeds. Absolutely tasty. Fans back in. As always, as well, expect a good atmosphere. Uh, excited to see how that one plays out. Uh, lads, that's, that's it. What a, what a week it's been. What a show it's been. Loads we've packed in uh, tonight, recording on Monday. Um, yeah, it's, it's good stuff all around, boys. Thumbs up. Uh, one just little mention, we sort of briefly mention it. Um, and although I did say to James at the beginning of the season, this is Fantasy Premier League, we've got... A, uh, a We Are West Ham league with all the listeners in. If you fancy joining that, you still can. It's 
uh, the code to get in is O-R-1-W-U-C. That's O, the letter R-1-W-U-C. And James, I know I'd literally said to you, didn't I? I was like, look, we're going to cut down the fantasy bit uh, this season. We talk about it quite a lot. Not everyone gets involved in it. So we don't want to alienate people and bore them if they don't know what we're talking about. They're not involved. But that's going straight out the window. Because I'm absolutely smashing fantasy this season. I thought I was good last year, Josie. You haven't brought it up to me once, and I know exactly why. It's because you're doing all right, but not quite as good as me. So you're bitter and furious about it, as you were last season. Of the listener league, of around 500 listeners, I think we've got. I think I'm in, like, the top 20. It's just phenomenal stuff. Sorry, I've had a sleep there. Sorry, I'm <laughs> getting a bit bored. As soon as I've opened up the... Uh... The, the running order for tonight, and I saw that you you really want to talk about fantasy. I thought it's just typical, isn't it? Spent ages going, oh, no, I don't want to talk about that this year. Uh, the, the first year, me and you come up head to head, you started using excuses like, oh, you know, I forgot, I forgot to do my team this week. And ever since then, you started doing your research. I think you sign up to a couple of those. You pay two pound ninety nine, picture you on fee for all these little experts. Um, you've gone from being rubbish at fantasy to being not, not too bad, actually, mate. Not too bad. But I'm not Phenomenal. worried because you will, you will start forgetting soon. And um, I take it quite seriously, as, as you and a lot of the listeners know. So, oh, we um, can tell, mate. Yeah. yeah so, but I'm having a good season. I've had a really good start as well. So you just had a, a slightly better start than me. <laughs> well, I just, uh, yeah, so I've just double checked. Um, and the listener league, your mate, I think, friend of yours, James Adam Leatherbarrow. Uh, yep. is rock bottom of the listener league so far. Um, yeah, I was completely <laughs> wrong about the numbers. You've got 435 of you guys uh, in the league at the moment. Uh, yeah, Adam Leverbarrow, rock bottom. And at 435, and I genuinely, I know normally I just talk and talk and talk, but I'm 10th. That is, I am actually pretty impressed with that and a little bit surprised. But um, well, yeah, one, so if you want to join, go on. One of my mates is second, actually. So, um, but in this Simon league, Hills. Simon Hills is it? Good mate of mine. Uh, and my brother's yeah. ninth, so uh, he's just above you, mate. So, oh, that's that's yeah. Ollie, your brother, is it? Oh, well, yeah, that's my brother. To, uh, hello to James's brother Oliver and uh, and Simon Halls as well. Yeah, none of my friends are in that top um thing. Ricky Lee, uh, if you're listening, is leading at the moment at 409 points, and James's mate Simon Lindsay Pyatt Nichols is in third. Um, yeah, Alexander Zaremba. Cayman Lane, Sam Gray, Kevin Power, Matt Clark, Ollie Jones and William Pugh make up the top 10. So, uh, yeah, sorry, mate. I just did uh, did want to sneak that in. Where are you, Jonesy, in the Listener League, by the way? Because you're actually doing all right, aren't you? Um, 24th. 24th, you are. I've just seen no, you. I'm not, I'm not. That's, I mean, that is me, but that's my um, that's my second ah, team. Ah, here we go. Two um, teams again. This is how seriously takes it, Reese. I'm actually 71st. <laughs> that second team I actually set up when... Um, for West Ham World, my West Ham website years ago. Um, right. I rebranded it for the podcast, so it's my second team. I used that just to test out a couple of transfers I want to do. Um, and it's doing, it's doing better than the, it's doing better than the one I actually try on, which is quite embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Well, look, if you want to uh, if you want to join that league, that code is OR one WUC. If you fancy getting involved um, in that, so lads. Uh, that's enough of fantasy. Back onto real football. We've got plenty of that to focus on at the moment. West Ham are doing brilliantly on all fronts. A little bit disappointed, of course, with the way the Man United game finished. But, uh, Reese, uh, I think we'll throw to you first, mate, just for some final thoughts on 
the week for West Ham, the podcast tonight. Two games again coming up this week. It's coming thick and fast, but uh, for just for a change, or obviously it's carried on from last season. I don't know about you, but I'm loving every single minute of it at the moment. It's a great feeling where I'm back to a bit like I was when I was a kid. Just cannot wait for the next West Ham game to come round. So just to give you some final thoughts before we say goodbye for another week, mate. Yeah, it's been a great week, mate. And uh, this is where we want to be in it as a club. Games every other day. You know what I mean? Talking about even after the Man United result, the performance was still brilliant. So I'm hoping that this is the start of a, uh, another good season. Yeah. Absolutely, mate. Jonesy, uh, thoughts from you. It's good to have all three of us back together, by the way, lads. Um, just a little final thought from from me there. Great to, to have us all, all three of us chatting on the pod again. But Jonesy, just uh, give us some final thoughts from you before we say goodbye. Yeah, I mean, as you said, it's good to have us all back. It's good to be back after a week off. But I've just, as you've already said, I'm looking forward to the next game. It's, it's We're in that sort of era at the moment where you know, you don't want it to end, do you? You want every game just to carry on because the performances have just been so good to watch. Even though we didn't win the last time out, I thought the performance just proved, as I said earlier, that we're we're going to compete again this year. I saw enough there to suggest that we're going to be there or thereabouts uh, in the right right half of the table. And I think, you know, I think we've seen that David Moyes going to take Europe seriously as well. It's like the Europa League's high on his priority list. So, most to be positive about looking forward to to Old Trafford on Wednesday um, frying that fish again and um, <laughs> and then Leeds leads a brand new fish on uh, on Saturday at Ellen Road yeah looking forward to it yeah it's good stuff mate it's good stuff so West Ham United 8th in the Premier League first in our Europa League group and it's the 20th of September it's exciting stuff indeed um yeah <laughs> Definitely looking forward to frying that fish. I can't. I wouldn't be too keen on tasting it. I know they triple cook chips, don't they? But this this fish has been fried about fifteen times by the end of the week. It's going to be right hard and rubbery and dry, isn't it? Uh, listen, you can follow us um, on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. You can get us on Instagram at we are West Ham Pod on Facebook. Uh, the group is we are West Ham Podcast. And search for the same on YouTube as well. We appreciate everyone who listeners, uh, everyone who listens, excuse me, new and old listeners. Uh, it's been brilliant chatting about it this season. And uh, we've noticed, as we said last week, a significant increase in the amount of you downloading and interacting with it. We are West Ham podcast and we absolutely love it. And we appreciate every single one of you. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't already subscribe to the podcast. Uh, give us five stars on iTunes, write a review. If you've got the time and the inclination, and more importantly, for us, a few of you have clearly done recently, tell your mates about us if you're enjoying what we're doing and the output we're giving you just once a week. Uh, it's quite enough for the three of us. But if you enjoy it, whatever platform you listen on or watch us on, just uh, yeah, do us a favour, send a link to someone, tell your mates about it when you're at the game, when you're in the pub, whatever you fancy. We appreciate every single one of you. Uh, yeah. It's great stuff at the moment. I didn't write an intro for this week and I haven't written an outro either. Ultimately, for me, it's been a phenomenal week for West Ham United. We've kicked off our first ever Europa League group stage game with a win away from home at the team top of the Croatian League. And then we've gone toe-to-toe and all but for one kick and one slightly dodgy decision from David Moyes. We could have drawn against a team who's got one of the greatest players of all time playing up front and who people are genuinely tipping to win the Premier League this season. Uh, 
not too bad for me. Thanks for listening, everyone. Up the Hammers, West Ham United are still massive, and we'll see you next week. This week's episode was sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk, where you can win some priceless pieces of signed football memorabilia each and every week. In this week's draw, you can win a signed, framed London Stadium sign signed by Declan Rice. Tickets are just £3.95 each and just 65 will be sold, which gives you a fantastic chance of winning. Entries close at 7.30pm on Friday and the winner will be drawn an hour later live on Football Prizes' Facebook page. There's been some fantastic signed pieces from Paolo Di Canio, Declan Rice, Saeed Benrahma and Vladimir Soufal up for grabs since their launch. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to check them out. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. Podcast Network.